This episode is brought to you in part by Wholehearted Love, a new book by Caleb and Stephanie Rouse. Overcome the barriers that hold you back in your relationships with God and with others and delight in feeling safe, seen, and loved with Wholehearted Love. For more information, go to Tyndale.com. Something I talk about often with my clients is, is this mantra, treat yourself like a toddler. And that's just the idea of parenting ourselves well. And so what do we do when toddlers are tantrumy and they're like out of whack and they're super dysregulated? Beginning to like invite yourself to care for yourself and parent yourself like you would a toddler. As we embrace our limits, our limits actually expand. And as we care for ourselves in the right ways, then our window of tolerance actually does expand and we're able to integrate more of life all around us. Have you found yourself in the course of this pandemic feeling maybe overwhelmed with grief comes up at odd moments? Maybe you've been listening to this whole series on a spacious life and you're at the point where limits might actually be good. They might actually be an invitation and you want to know what to do with it. Well, in this conversation with Sharon Morjinski, we talk about what does it look like to actually practice limits. Enjoy our conversation. Welcome to the Finding Holy Podcast. I'm your host, Ashley Hales, author of A Spacious Life. I love big ideas, but ideas have to move beyond an ivory tower to find their application in the midst of our work and our laundry routines. Here on the Finding Holy Podcast, expect conversations about how to live faithfully in a post-Christian world, but without the vitriol, posturing, or shouting across the aisles. In each conversation, you'll get to hear my guests' wisdom, their laundry routine, and for this season, also their hustle habit. Let's find holy together. All right, friends, it's really fun to welcome one of my local friends, Sharon Morjinski, to the podcast. We're going to talk a little bit about how we take some of these themes we've been talking about the whole season and what do we do with them. She is a licensed counselor, so we're going to let her introduce herself and we're going to have a great conversation. So thanks for being here, Sharon. Yeah, yeah. I'm actually a registered psychotherapist in Colorado. There you go. It's a little different, a little different yes. here. Yeah, I am a counselor and mm-hmm. I have a private practice here in town. I also want to plug Global Counseling Network. I do contract counseling with them and we are a group of Christian counselors that see counselors all over the U.S. and the world. Yeah. And I am a church planner's wife and we um, planted a church five years ago in the city center of Denver. And um, I'm a mom. Yes. That keeps me busy. Yeah. (laughs) No pressure. Mom, church ministry and counseling practice. That's quite a lot. But, you know, as we were talking about a spacious life, we've talked a lot about the goodness of limits and it's been fun on your Instagram for your counseling practice that, yeah, there's lots of themes overlapping. So I was like, I want Sharon to come on and help us understand from your perspective, how do limits, you know, as a counselor, how do you see limits as being really vital to health? 
Yeah. So in my practice, I see, I do a lot of couples therapy, a lot of marriage therapy mm-hmm. and a lot of, uh, individuals and, and we see limits in both of those. Yeah. Right. And I think, um, coming to terms with our own capacity mm. is a th- huge growth and, and understanding and anxiety and depression usually come out of mm. when we live outside of our limits. Mm. Um, in, in the counseling world, we have a term called a window of tolerance mm-hmm. and inside of our window of tolerance, um, we still experience joy and grief and anxiety, but they don't overwhelm us. Yeah. And so when we live outside of our window of tolerance, uh, we have hyperarousal anxiety on one side and hypoarousal depression, numbness, Netflix, binging on, right. on the other. Yeah. And um, so learning, learning what those parameters are, those mm-hmm. margins are, those limits mm-hmm. um, uh, allows us to stay inside of our window of tolerance. So mm-hmm. yeah, there's so much overlap of understanding capacity. And I, yeah. I think there, especially with women, um, men too, I guess, but I guess I see more, I see a lot of women that are in life transitions, mm-hmm. understanding that my cup might be full and your cup might be full, but our cups are different sizes mm-hmm. and, um, understanding that you just might have a bigger cup and your capacity mm-hmm. might be bigger. Mm-hmm. And, embracing that and accepting our God-given capacities are really important to not go into anxiety or not go yeah. into depression or numbing. Yeah. So that makes sense. what, yeah. What is, I love the, you know, th- that image of a cup, it's just helpful to, you know, to have like an image to hold on to as we consider limits. Cause often we can just veer into really abstract language, but we feel our limits in our bodies, which is definitely not abstract. Mm-hmm. So what does it look like you know, Mm -hmm. to stay in that window of tolerance or to begin to like practice honoring those limits to say, you have a bigger cup and I have a smaller cup and that's okay. Like what practical things might we do to begin to get there? Yeah. I mean, I think understanding our comparison habits of, Mm -hmm. you know, how she able to homeschool and work a full-time job and her house (laughs) is clean. Right, right. right, Yeah. Um, and we're just like trying to keep our head above water and yeah. understanding that's okay. Yeah. And you brought up a good point just a second ago about how our bodies tell us when yeah. we hit our limits. Right. Yeah. And so becoming attuned to that, what does it look like when I become anxious or what does it look like? Even your hustle habits is a great, uh, mm-hmm. a tool to say, you know, am I beginning to numb out? Am mm-hmm. I checking out? Mm-hmm. Um, when our our bodies are, are, it, it's a signal to yeah. tell us something's off. Right. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, listen, beginning to listen to our mm, bodies. That's great. And attuning to, to what's going on inside. Mm-hmm. And even just like asking ourselves questions. I think we're, we're not very curious. I feel like often, or we're not, you know, we're not invited to be curious about what's going on either in our souls or our bodies, I think a lot of times like, well, we just have to check off the to-do list and, you know, keep going on high speed. Yeah. And, you know, when our, when our body, you know, we're not sleeping well, or, Mm -hmm. you know, our stomachs are upset. Those are all times to become curious Mm -hmm. of, Hey, I haven't slept well in a couple of weeks. What's going on? Like, is there Mm -hmm. something 
that's kind of ruminating in my brain that I need to um, become curious about mm-hmm. and explore more. Mm-hmm. Because this idea of, of limits is, and, and pushing past our limits is, mm-hmm. you know, we have, we have parts of ourselves that are our managers and they, they manage all these, these things that we have going on. And as we kind of become curious with, gosh, why does this part of me step in so fiercely mm-hmm. when X, Y, and Z happens? Mm-hmm. And that's what we do in the counseling room, right? Is we be, we become curious of these different parts mm-hmm. and we, you know, whether that is we reparent them mm-hmm. and, or be tender to those parts of ourselves that are trying to ignore our limits. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, those are all times to begin to ask those questions of um, what wound is here? What, mm-hmm. what raw spot is here? Using those signals as an arrow to a different part of ourselves that we need to become curious about. Yeah. It's really great. helpful. That's great. So I would love if you wanted to share your hustle habit. And if you don't, if you haven't listened, if you're just tuning in um, all of this season, I'm asking all my guests their hustle habits. And you can grab that quiz for free at aspacious.life. And there's four different ways on that quiz about how we kind of move past our limits in unhealthy ways. We hustle past them. Um, And so you can ignore your limits. You can control them, fall into shame or blame people and circumstances. So go ahead and grab that. The link's in the show notes, but I would love to hear Sharon, what is your hustle habit? And then also how have you found yourself to be tender towards your, to those sorts of you know, places where you bypass your limits. What does that look like for you? So I took your test. It was so good. Um, and I was an ignorer. Mm -hmm. So, which kind of makes sense. I'm a seven on the Enneagram. So it's like play and let's plan a vacation. Right. So that kind of, that made sense. Um, but you know, I'm also a big blamer. Mm -hmm. And so I, I want, I want to go back and, and, uh, read a little bit more of that. My, mm-hmm. I think wing, my wing eight comes in and it's like <laughs> someone yeah. else's fault. Right, that something right, is right. wrong. Yeah. Um, so yeah, both of those are really strong in my life. And so, yeah, the way that I have COVID was, it expressed my ignore their side very mm-hmm. um, strongly. That was a good time to become curious of mm-hmm. I had limits put on me Right. Right. In Colorado, we could not um, in the in the beginning, we could not go outside of a 10 mile radius radius of where we lived. Wow. I think mainly because they were trying to protect the mountain towns mm-hmm. because of access to health care, which makes a lot of sense. But, um, you know, one of the ways that. I um, embrace my limits and regulate my body is through hiking. And so to, to have that taken away was really, um, really difficult. And so I spent a lot of time like planning vacations. I knew we wouldn't take (laughs) and and trying to convince my husband that it would be fine if we just drove to Arizona. (laughs) And, um, he was like, I don't think we're allowed to do that. And I'm like, I think, I think it's fine. Um, (laughs) I think we should, I think we need to leave. (laughs) I think we we need a pool finding rhythms within those limits is Mm. really what I had to do. Mm. Um, 
there's a uh, wildlife refuge place um, that was in those limits mm-hmm. that it's not hiking, it's flat. It's mm-hmm. just a space with a lot of bison and deer, but mm-hmm. we walk there all the time. Mm-hmm. And so finding finding something within, you know, that that limit that was placed on me was really healthy mm-hmm. for me to to learn that I could regulate without mm-hmm. um what I thought I needed. Yeah. So, um yeah. that was one way. I did a lot of blaming during yeah. that season 2 yeah. though. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of repenting. Um yes. you know, I think I think that's so true. You know, I I talk in the book of a fair bit about and I've said it on a few interviews, like the only way through is through, right? And and our limits, if we let them, our invitations to press into God, even in those hard spaces, right? Where you realized, okay, I can't go to the mountains and you could have fought against it. And we all do at various points and kick against it um, and get angry and blame the whole world for being in a global pandemic, um, yeah. you know, but you know, really the only growth path is through that pain, figuring out how do I embrace this limit and how do I bring Jesus into it with me? What does that look like for you? Or how do you encourage Christians that you see in your practice to bring those sorts of messy emotions to God that probably come up and surface when we actually look at our limits in the face? Yeah. So, you know, sometimes when you're talking, it just made me think of even that season at the beginning of the pandemic, it was grief that Mm -hmm. what I was experiencing and beginning to lament where we were Mm -hmm. and that, you know, my daughter's kindergarten year was messed up and my other daughter's last year of middle school was messed up. And Mm -hmm. those were big laments. And until I began to face them and process them. I, I did all that ignoring, yeah, right. Of right. The, you know, let's just break the rules and go in the mountains and whatever. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Beginning to have language around. And I think it took everybody a while to be like, what is going on? And <laughs> right, yeah. what am I right. feeling? Yeah. And, um, we were just like in survival mode as, but yeah, at the beginning. Yeah. Yeah. Kurt Thompson, who's a Christian psychiatrist and one of my biggest influences in my Mm -hmm. practice and just in the Christian world is Mm -hmm. amazing. He had a couple of blog posts at the time of just the practice of lamenting Mm -hmm. during that season. And, you know, I, I encourage clients to do this now of when you have a hard season, writing things down, you know, Christians are great of uh, gratitude journals, but mm-hmm. also having alongside of seasons of lament and yeah. naming, even if it doesn't seem like it should be something that we are grieving, that we can name that and the Lord cares and is present. I think a lot of a lot of these hustle habits, if you will, mm-hmm. are um, covers for grief yeah. and um, the sadness of the brokenness of the world. Yeah. Are you worn out by hurry and hustle, and yet you don't know what it looks like to find a better way? Well, Jasmine Holmes called my book, A Spacious Life, balm for a weary soul. Tish Harrison Warren called it a needed tonic, and Jen Pollock-Michelle talks about it 
as rescuing us from the siren call of self-help. Join these women as they have experienced both their own limits and seen how my book, A Spacious Life, helps all of us to embrace the goodness of our God-given limits. Find out more at aspacious.life. That's aspacious.life. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. What do we do with that grief? How do we move how do we invite God into it with us? How do we, you know, or, and also maybe what, what might be barriers to actually experiencing that grief or lamenting? Mm-hmm. You know, I think maybe one might be like, we are worried we'll be swallowed up by it might be one reason yeah. that we push it off. As a culture, we don't know how to do it well. Yeah. And we like to keep death far away and, um, And so it is a practice and it is something that we have to learn how to do. Mm -hmm. And as we learn how to sit in grief, if we can invite others into that um, and and model, like you said, the only way through it is through it. (laughs) And um, so as we invite people into that and into our grief with us, we begin to create a different culture of Mm -hmm. it's okay to become tender and, and face these things that are really hard and, and broken. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah. Does that make sense? Is that yeah. what you're getting at? Yeah. Yeah. No, I think that's helpful to think about, you know, often we too, we can also tend to think of grief as like just personal, right. And I have to like go and hide it too. And so like to bring it mm-hmm. out in the open with ourselves and with others, I think it's a really great just reminder. Cause we, yeah, we don't, we don't want to go there. Um, and we're not really culturally conditioned to go there. So I think that's great. Yeah. I think it's important to notice in, in our communities, what we tend to in those times of intense, um, grief or just community hardness and mm-hmm. what are we doing? Like, do we pull away? Do we go inside? Do we reach out? Mm. Um, and, and even offer that to others around us of, Hey, I, I noticed that you've been withdrawn. Is yeah. this, is this hard for you to process? I think it's helpful. And that's a way that we can live in community with others is by pursuing. Yeah. Yeah. I'd love to, too, to talk about, you know, this idea of limits in a kind of, in a different way, not just like personal limits, but communal limits, what, what that might look like. And, mm-hmm. you know, I think I I've said, in a few things, you know, conversations I've had about a spacious life is that we can, you know, look at the idea of limits maybe. And we're like, Oh, great. That means I get to say like, no to everything mm-hmm. that I don't want to do. <laughs> and, mm-hmm. you know, I, I want to push back on that idea because sometimes maybe we've said yes to the wrong limits. Um, and maybe God is inviting us into some other limits that might not be like the most comfortable, but are actually for our mm-hmm. good. So how mm-hmm. do we, you know, how do we discern some of those limits in community? Let's just take, for example, like church involvement and volunteering. Cause mm-hmm. we, as 
we've been church planting before and, you know, we're part of a church plant now up the road from you. And, you know, there's that idea of, well, this isn't my thing and I shouldn't volunteer or like, you're just making me do these sorts of things. So maybe if we take that as an example, um, how do we embrace limits for the sake of community? Because, you know, so here's an example, here's an example, like, so, and we can change the example if you want, but you know, like, you know, someone might be saying, okay, we need like 10 Sunday school volunteers or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. And so ever, but then like no one volunteers, they're not willing to have or set up chairs or go feed the homeless or, you know, Mm -hmm. do something that's not maybe sexy and beautiful and doesn't garner much attention, you know? And so there's a point at which it's, it's appropriate maybe for someone to say, this is a limit. Like I feel uncomfortable or I'm, you know, my time doesn't allow it, or I'm with little kids all the time. So I'm not going to volunteer in Sunday school. And that would probably make a lot of sense to say, no, I'm not going to do this. On the other hand, we could just be super lazy. (laughs) So how do we like discern ourselves for the good of the community when we should say no? And when we should say yes, what does that look like? How do we, maybe is there a framework or checklist? Um, Because, you know, as leaders, on one hand, we're like, well, everyone's got to like pull their weight, right? And a family system, as well as a church system, neighborhood systems, mm-hmm. like it depends on everybody too. And of course we want to care for the weaker folks too. Anyway, this is yeah. a long yeah, that's a hard- way of, of asking, how do we know, how do we discern those limits? I think if there's a clear cut, clear cut answer, Ashley, you could join the speaking circuit and <laughs> <laughs> right. Make a million, make a lot of money talking to pastors. How do we get people to volunteer? Yeah. yeah. Um, so, you know, I think Matt, my husband and I have been really sensitive to that because church plants tend to burn people out. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. um, and so we've really trusted the people in our congregation to volunteer as they're able mm-hmm. while at the same time, communicating the importance of serving the church and serving the Lord through that. And so I think it's easier to do this in a smaller church, being aware of the type of person who doesn't understand their limits and always says yes. Yeah. And then the person that is like, yeah, I just don't feel like I can do that right now. We continue to invite people into that. Mm -hmm. We continue Mm -hmm. to put signups out and invite people into serving. But I think it's a, it's, it's a pattern of growth in the Christian life of understanding what it means to lay down your life for somebody in your community. Mm -hmm. And um, if nobody volunteers for children's church, we just don't have it. Right. Right. Yeah. Natural consequences. (laughs) Yeah. Yes. Yeah. 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 That's, that's a hard one though. It is. It's hard. And, but I like what you're saying, you know, that both like there are lots of different people. There's some people who are going to say, I have no limits. I'm going to do everything. And those people mm-hmm. are going to probably burn out. There's people who need to be invited in because they're more reticent. And then, you know, we're trusting that the spirit is working and people to be like, okay, I just need, I need a break, you know, from this sort of thing, because I sense this limit. Yeah. And there, yeah, there is no hard and fast rule about like how to make that happen. But I think, you know, what have you found? Um, this is kind of a very general question, but you know, as we think about 
systems and how family systems or church systems work. Um, where have you found how we can have like healthy boundaries and healthy limits as both individuals, but also kind of relate to a larger whole? Mm-hmm. One thing, um, that one little rubric that might be helpful mm-hmm. that, that I use in, in marriage counseling, but also I've heard Matt use it in talking about volunteers is demand expectation and desire. Mm. And so we never want to be a church that demands that you volunteer yeah. or demands that you lead a community group or that you're in a community group. Right. And there, you know, I'm sure there's some churches out there that part of your membership vows is that you always do something, but we want to, by invitation, our, our desire is that everyone would participate and and love the church well. Mm-hmm. And so that that is our desire. And we continue to invite people into that. Mm-hmm. So does that get at your question? Yeah. So, I mean, when we're talking about, okay, this is a desire of mine and we're communicating that, mm-hmm. whether that's to our spouse or a family member or community member, church member, I mean, that feels more invitational, right? Like you were saying, rather than this sort of demand, how does that differ from expectation? There are healthy expectations, right? Like I have expectations on my husband that we both mutually agree to, mm-hmm. right? Like we will both be faithful. Mm-hmm. That's right. an expectation. That, that's yeah. a healthy one, right? Yeah. Like yeah. Every, everybody's happy with that expectation. Right. I might also have an expectation deep down inside that he will put the kids to bed every night. <laughs> yeah. And, and maybe that's not an agreed upon expectation. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. And so that is when things get a little gray of, is this a healthy expectation that all parties agree to Mm -hmm. and we both think are healthy, or is this an expectation that we haven't communicated and we're just walking around having that expectation on someone else? Right. Right. Yes. That's great. I like that. So there's a sense of dialogue in the expectation category versus, Yeah. yeah. When we keep those sorts of things hidden. That sounds like, yeah, we're not growing <laughs> and no one's, yeah. Or in the very worst, it, we'd yeah. be imploding in, in lots of different ways. What would you say would be like one small step that someone listening might, when they say, okay, I either have gone past transgressed my limits on the one hand, or I've like, so pulled away because I'm fearful of limits. And so I just don't want to be responsible. And so I've run mm-hmm. away from my limits. What might be like something that someone could listening could do to begin to like make peace with their limits or see them as an invitation. Something I talk about often with my clients is, is this mantra, treat yourself like a toddler. Mm-hmm. You've probably seen it on, on my Instagram. Mm-hmm. And that's just the idea of parenting ourselves well. And so what do we do when toddlers are tantrumy and they're like out of whack and they're super dysregulated? We make sure they're sleeping well mm-hmm. and they're getting good nutritious food and we don't do a lot of screens and we don't do a lot of sugar. And I would say as adults, are you sleeping well? Are you getting off your screen? Are you drinking too much? Are you eating too much chocolate? And beginning to like invite yourself to care for yourself and parent yourself like you mm-hmm. would a toddler mm-hmm. of this is a hard season. Then it, it's kind of as we embrace our limits, our limits actually expand. And as we care for ourselves in the right ways, 
then our window of tolerance actually does expand and we're able to integrate more of life all around us. Mm -hmm. And so caring for ourselves and understanding our limits actually expands our limits. Yeah. I love it. And that's really why, you know, one thing I, why I titled the book a spacious life, because, you know, as you actually live in your limits, you actually experience more space. Yes. Yes. It's so good. Well, as we conclude, Sharon, I'd love to know what does your laundry routine look like for a family of seven? <laughs> yes. So yeah, family of seven, as you can imagine, we have so much laundry. So I usually put a load in every morning, kind of our our washer and dryer is downstairs near our kitchen. And so I kind of pop a load in every morning, but, but here's my real laundry routine is I have a laundry service. No way. Yes. Yes. It's pretty remarkable. It's a perk of living in the city. Every Tuesday, I put a large bin outside my door Yeah, and it's $15 and it comes back the next day folded and clean and That's beautiful. And so, I mean, okay. So yeah, you do some great. of your own laundry. How do you decide what goes to the laundry service? Well, yeah, I still do about a load a day. I do all the towels and the um, dish rags. And then my husband always does his athletic clothes. Yes. So, I mean, we're kind of always doing right. something. something. Um, but what, so it's kind of what needs to be washed the day that it's, yeah. it's time to get washed. <laughs> right. Yeah. That, it, that they come. That is beautiful. But I love it. Cause I think, you know, sometimes yeah. we're like, you know, oh, I, I don't deserve that. Right. You know, like that's an unnecessary thing. And yes, that's not necessary for survival, but it is a way to say, okay, this is a limit I have too. Right. Yeah. And so this is, this is a way that I can care for myself. Yeah. I mean, I definitely, have my own shame stories around that of like, I should be able to do this. Right. And <laughs> yeah. it's just, it's just laundry. Right. Um, but you know, it's just embracing, embracing that limit. Yeah. And this is one small step for me to be able to do the other things that I do. Yeah, exactly. Because yeah, you're not giving into that comparison of like, I should be able to do my laundry and run a counseling practice and put dinner on the table, <laughs> you know, like there's just yes. so much one person could do. Yes. Yes. And so, yeah, I, I definitely s still battle with those shame stories, but, yeah. um, in Tuesday morning wins out and I put that laundry <laughs> basket out. <laughs> yeah. I love it. Oh, that's so fun. You have like yeah. a totally different laundry routine now. I love it. Cause usually everyone's laundry routine is like, and we just wait till it's piled up and then we do all of the things. So yeah. Yes. <laughs> thanks. Thanks so much. Thank you for being here. Um, could you tell us where folks can find out more about you and follow you and find out more about yeah. your counseling practice? Yeah, that's fun. I have a somewhat, I'm somewhat present on Instagram mm -hmm. at, uh, I think it's Sharon Morjinski counseling. And then I have a website, SharonMorjinski.com. Awesome. Great. Well, we'll put the links in the show notes. So thanks for being here with us, Sharon. Thank you. So fun. Thanks. I hope you enjoyed that conversation with Sharon. You can find out about her counseling practice and follow her on Instagram. The links are in the show notes. I hope you've listened and enjoyed to all of season five, but if you've missed an episode, I'd encourage you to go back because there is so much rich wisdom from my guests as we consider how our limits actually invite us into a more spacious life. 
And I also want to invite you into one small step as we begin to practice what does it look like to embrace our limits for our flourishing. I love how Sharon talked about the limits in community and this idea of demands, expectations, and desires. And I thought that was such a helpful framework to begin to consider how sometimes our limits, we overextend ourselves and move past those limits, and other times we ignore them. And it's a really great exercise. So I want to encourage you, maybe pick a time of day or a particular relationship and ask yourself, get curious about what are my desires here? What are my expectations? And have I moved into demanding? Let's say, for instance, your morning feels chaotic and crazy. You can begin to ask, what desire do I have? You know, as all the kids are coming down the stairs and we're packing lunches and we're running off to work, like, what is, what is my desire for our family to look like this morning? And if I'm able to say, okay, my desires are for something beautiful and nourishing and efficient, maybe I then quickly bypass those expectations and I move to demand. And so I'm telling everybody what they need to do. But maybe if I can articulate my desires, we can have a conversation about what does the expectation look like, and we can agree upon expectations, then we can lessen the anxiety and the depression and the anger that erupts in from those demands, and we can begin to create those desires. I hope that's helpful for you. I know that framework is extremely helpful for me. Also, I'd encourage you, friends, to please pick up a copy of A Spacious Life. I know all of us are tired and exhausted, and the chapters are short. It's a calm and gentle book to help usher you into realizing your humanity is a gift and your limits as we press into God through them are actually invitations to flourishing. It's available wherever books are sold. You can grab a copy at the link in the show notes. And if you want to engage further, I encourage you to go to aspacious.life where you can take your hustle habit quiz and get a roadmap to help you on your way to embracing your limits and acknowledging your humanity. It's been such a great season, friends. Thank you for being here. Be sure to tag me on Instagram or Twitter if you want to continue the conversation because, friends, all these big things matter, but so does your laundry. This episode was brought to you in part by Just These Guys, you know? A pastor and a psychologist team up to break down scripture and psychology, empowering you to transform by the renewing of your mind. Listen today at justtheseguys.podbean.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Just these guys, you know?